to my grandparents who are listening online, probs, in the, like, the next week or so. So hi, Betty and Barry. Hope you're all good. Um, they will love it. That will make their whole lives, I bet. Um, yes, cool. I'm so, so glad to be here. Um, this is a tough one. Um, we're talking about do not slander and do not grumble. Um, I think it's funny, this whole series of one another's, um, they're really easy to understand. I don't need to explain that to you. Um, but aren't they so much harder to do in real life? Um, yeah, there's, James is clear. There's not much arguing to be done about how we should treat each other. Um, slandering is speaking against someone to damage their reputation, to belittle them, to hurt them, um, to purposefully damage their perception, people's perceptions of their character, whether they know what you're talking about or not. Now, grumbling might be more subtle. I think that's the muttering under your breath, the rolling of your eyes, but it's still hinting at that person's flaws, hinting at what makes them not as good as you, maybe. Um, it's just malicious. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about honoring one another, and this is the complete opposite of that. Um, some people like Jack, and I know Brian spoke about honoring one another in your words and your deeds. This is the complete opposite of that. Slandering and grumbling, they chip away at the love that we're meant to have for people. But it's, isn't it easy to get into this circle? Once you start slandering and grumbling, it's a downward spiral. You're stuck in it. It's easier to find more things to slander and grumble about once you've already started. But neither of these things can lead us to treat people how we should, to treat people as children of God, people who are made in the image of God. And like I said, these things are easy to understand, but hard to do. Um, so we're going to try and work through three ways that I think um, we can try and combat slander and grumble. So the first one of these is remember grace. If you're writing notes, this is your first point. Remember grace. So when we slander and when we grumble, we put ourselves above other, above other people. We say to them, I'm better than you because of what you said, what you did, what you're like. We think we're better we see ourselves more worthy um, than other people. We put ourselves in this position where we can devalue others as if we've never made a mistake or never annoyed anyone or never done anything wrong. Now, this passage asks us, who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? And I want us to actually ask ourselves that tonight. Who are we to judge someone else because we don't like them or they've annoyed us or they said this? The answer is no one. We are no one to judge them. We are all sinners. We've all sinned. We're all at this level, and God is always at this level. But then we are saved by grace. That makes us righteous with God. But that's the only way that we've been made righteous, not because I'm better than that person, or I know more than that person, or I don't swear as much as that person. That's not how I'm made righteous with God. It's just grace. Romans 3, verse 23, it says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't say, The person that you don't like has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. It doesn't say, That person who did that really annoying thing the other day has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No, it says, All have sinned. That's me. That's every single one of us have sinned. But we all know that we've been saved by grace if we've asked for it. So we need to remember that grace. Now, I'm sure we all know of the destruction that comes from judging one another and from slandering one another. I'm sure people have done it against us, and it's really, really hurt. But we can't, we can't judge others because they sin differently 
than we do. We can't judge others because they sin differently than we do. Now, sometimes things just speak so clearly into your life, um, and this is one of them. For my birthday, um, Beth bought me a book about prayer, um, and each day it has a little prayer in that makes you um, think about how you can be more like Jesus, and I just want you to have a read of this. How challenging is this? Let me read it out to you. May I cease to be annoyed that others are not as I wish they were, since I am not as I wish I was. Let me read it again. I know. Stings you in the heart a little bit, doesn't it? May I cease to be annoyed that others are not as I wish they were, since I am not as I wish I was. We all try to be more like Jesus every day. If we're Christians, that's what we do. But none of us have it nailed. None of us are there yet. None of us by ourselves are at this level. But it's just grace that's got us there. Why do we get annoyed when people do stuff that we don't like, when actually we're not who we wish we were yet? Remember the grace that we've been given by God. Remember that we've become children of God only through that grace, only through that forgiveness. And I think, I think what God was telling me this week is that the grace that we've been given is the same grace we need to pass on. I think it's about cutting people some slack, allowing people to mess up and forgiving them, like God has forgiven us. And it's forgiving them without making it into a personal attack, without turning people against them, without having a go at them behind their back or even to their face. I think when we place our identity truly in Christ, then we remember this grace. And then I think slandering and grumbling will become less of an option. So yeah, let's treat people with that grace that we've been given by God. So this is your second point if you're writing notes. Live transparently. So just have a think to yourself. How often do you slander and do you grumble against other people? And how often is that behind their backs? I think most of the time it probably is, unless you're very brave. Um, It's more, more than likely behind their backs. And I think that's because we're worried about our reputation. We're worried that that person will find out what we've said. We wouldn't dare say it to their face, but we'll say it behind their back. How awful is that? I think transparency is such a better option. To live in a way where you don't have to hide what you've said. You don't have to worry about that person finding out. But if you speak about people with the knowledge that they're a child of God, that they're made in God's image, that they're so precious to him, then you don't have anything to worry about. You don't have to worry about your reputation, that they're going to find out that you are horrible behind their back. I think it feels wrong because it is wrong, because God hasn't made us to be that way. It feels wrong when you slander and grumble. It feels wrong when you're worried that someone's going to find out, because it is wrong, because that's not how God has made us. We need to live transparently, Um, living consistently about how we speak about people. And there's a freedom in this. Like I said, you're not caught into this web of who knows what. Are they going to tell that person what I said? You're not caught in that. You're free. Now, sometimes we think it's not much of a big deal, slandering and grumbling. I think most of it happens in a casual conversation when you get stuck in this web of slander and grumble. Um, I just want you to have a look at these um, and think about How many of these things or similar things have you said in the last day, in the last week, in the last month about people? Have you said, no offense to them, but 
have you said, I don't mean this in a mean way, but I don't mean this harshly or it's just a joke. Why do we say these things? Why do we give these excuses? I think it's because we know we can't speak like this. We know that these are things we shouldn't be saying that come after these sentences. We know it's wrong. We wouldn't make excuses if we didn't know it was wrong. We wouldn't have to preface it with, I don't mean this harshly, but if we knew what we were saying wasn't horrible. We say this stuff knowing that God has a better way than us to speak like this. But this is us covering it up, saying it's just a joke, is us covering it up. We need to speak consistently of other people. This um, is a proverb, and I just think this is amazing. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies out. If we're transparent with people, if we tell them how we feel to their faces in a loving and gentle way, the situation dies down. If we went, if we went to church um, on Sunday, then went to work on Monday, and we slandered and we grumbled about the people that we met at church on Sunday... Who would want to be a part of that? That's not something that someone would, would want to come to. Whereas a place where people are transparent with one another, where people speak consistently with love of others, that's a place where people want to be. This series about being a church, that's relevant for us within the church, but isn't it relevant to bring people in and make it an inviting place to do that? So do not slander or grumble, but be transparent. And things will go wrong. People will annoy us, but we need to speak transparently through that, through the times when we're annoyed, through the times when they've done wrong to us. And I think it's about courage, having courage to bring up these issues directly to people in a loving way, rather than complain about it when you get home. Now, in Pathfinders this morning, um, we were talking about being a church family, which is so similar to all of this kind of stuff. Um, And we looked at Galatians 6, And it said, if we find people sinning, we should restore that person gently. It's not about getting back at them to someone else when you get home. It doesn't matter what you say about them behind their backs. That doesn't help. It's about restoring that person gently. And in that passage, it says, by the Spirit, we can restore that person gently. That means that's not something we can do on our own. We need God to help us restore that person gently. We need to pray about it and ask for God's help. Don't you think it's better to deal with a situation to someone's face with the grace and love that God gives us rather than let it stew in your mind and then attack their character to your family when you get home to purposefully change people's perceptions of them? Only one of those options has the possibility to change the situation and that's when you do it to their face. So that's just like this proverb, without wood a fire goes out, without gossip a quarrel dies out. Let us be people of reconciliation where we care enough about each other to reconcile things directly rather than make it worse behind their backs. So live transparently in your relationships and have courage to solve things. Now, I believe that God has a better option than slander and grumble. In the passage, God says, or James says through God, um, do not do this, do not slander and do not grumble against one another. Now, God wouldn't say that if he didn't have a better option, if there wasn't something to replace it with. Um, So I think the better option is to build others up. Um, It's a bit cheesy, but on the internet it said this, be a fountain, not a drain. (laughs) 
Be a fountain which brings life, brings encouragement, brings joy, rather than a drain which sucks all of that out. Be a fountain, not a drain. Um, In Ephesians 4, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So we're only meant to let talk which builds others up out of our mouths. How much less do you think we would say? How awful is that, though? How much less in our lives would we say if only the things that came out of our mouths were to build others up? Now, for those who know about wildfires, we go as a church, and we're going to go this year, which is so exciting. Um, I was listening to a lady called Miriam Swaffield speak, and if you don't know her, I want to be her when I grow up. Apart from Jesus, next is Miriam Swaffield. She's just incredible. Um, And she was talking about how to live in a community with people. Um, She's all about that, all about um, honoring her community and loving her community. And she was saying that when people aren't around, we should score points for them that we should score points for people when they're not in the room. And I've just remembered this ever since. How beautiful is it that when people aren't around, they can trust us, that their reputation, their character will be upheld, their character will be honoured, because we're scoring points for them, we're on their side. And I think that's what God wants for us as his family. I don't think it's God's plan for us that when we leave a room, we're nervous that we're going to be next, that next we're going to be the ones that are slandered and grumbled against. That's not what he means for his family. Now, there we are, not a fountain, not a drain. Score points for others. Cool. Um, And I think this needs a culture shift. Like Simon said before, we love a slander, don't we? We love a moan, we love a groan, we love a grumble. Um, So it's going to take quite a lot to change this. But I think we need to. We need to change this culture so that people are building others up and not tearing them down. I think if we start this, people will follow. And like I said before, slander and grumble can become a downward spiral. You get caught up in it. It's easier to find things that annoy you about people once you've started finding them. But I think just like that downward spiral of slander and grumble, building others up can work the opposite way. That when, if, if, you're in a, if you're in a classroom or a staff room or anything, um, wherever you go to work or wherever you don't go to work, um, building up can catch on. More good things are being said, so people are encouraged. So they say more kind things. It works the opposite way to slander and grumble. It's so good. And I think if we try to change this culture, I think we can. I think our church will be changed. Our church family here will be changed. Our schools, our workplaces, our homes, they'll be changed. As we speak of people as children of God, as people who are made in God's image, people who are treasure to God, people who are precious to God, our culture will change. I think the language that James uses um, in this passage, he uses neighbors and brothers and sisters, that shows how we need to be acting, that we need to care for each other as a community. And I think it should go as far as that we should be sad when we hear other people from our family being slandered. When we hear them being grumbled against, we should feel that, just like they should feel it and God should feel it. We should feel that as well. We need to look out for each other. We need to be on each other's team and we need to score points for them when they're not around. And I think as a family, there's a responsibility for us. We need to be accountable to the people around us. And when that slander or when that grumbling or the moaning starts in whatever room we're in, we need to lovingly challenge each other on that. 
and I've been a bit annoying as I've been writing this talk um, with all my friends, but if anything like this has started, I keep calling them out on it, <laughs> and I'm sorry about it, guys, but I think it's really important, and I'd love you to call me out on it as well. Lovingly challenge me when I start slandering or grumbling against people. Please do. And I think we need to be open to that. We need to let people challenge us. We need to present people with a better option. If we're saying don't do this, we need to give them the better option. Do not slander and grumble, but build others up. In Colossians, it says, let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, how much more beautiful would our church family be if there was no room for slander, no room for gossip or mocking or any of that because every conversation was filled with kind words, words that build others up instead, that you couldn't even conceive of slandering or grumbling against someone because you have so much love for them that all you can say is things that would build them up. How beautiful is that? When you start falling into slander and grumble, ask yourself, what would God say about that person, about his child that he's made? What would God say about them? And then only say those things and only think those things as well. And I think this is the biggest challenge. I think we need to have conversations that the person that it's about would love to listen to. Have conversations that you wouldn't be embarrassed about that person listening that you would actually want them to listen because it would build them up. How incredible is that? Literally, if you could record the conversation and send it to them, there'd be nothing in it where you think, oh gosh, I've said something bad. Oh, that would just be amazing. So instead of slander and grumble, let's remember that grace we've received, that grace which has caused us to have a relationship with God, which otherwise there's nothing we can do that would get us there. Remember that grace and pass that on to others don't be annoyed that others aren't as you wish they were, because you're not as you wish you were. Give them the grace that we've been given by God. And let's live transparently, not speaking negative words over people's lives or behind their backs, but let's bring our concerns to their faces. Let's reconcile things with grace. And then replace slander and grumble with words that will build each other up and have the conversations that you want the person to listen to. And I think the tough thing about this is that I think it takes practice and we might get it wrong. We might fall into that spiral again, but that's not a fail. That's not a failure. Try again. Try next time you have a conversation to not slander and grumble. It's meant to take 16 times for a habit to become a, like a real habit of yours. Try it 16 times. Have 16 conversations where you don't talk about someone negatively. Just let's just practice it. I think it might take lovingly pointing out to people when they start slandering and grumbling. It might make you feel embarrassed if someone calls you on out, out it on as well. But just take it and change. I think if we start to do this, we can change the culture um, of Christ Church, but also wherever we go. I think it will change the places around us. So remember the grace you've been given. Live transparently and build others up. Let me just pray for us as I finish. Father God, we're so sorry for the times um, when our conversations haven't um, been full of grace and full of love. Lord, we're sorry when we've slandered or we've grumbled about your children, about our brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I pray that this week we can change. I pray that 
and we'll notice a difference in our conversations, that we won't leave rooms worried um, that we'll be next because actually we're trying to create this culture um, of building others up. Lord, forgive us when we mess up, um, but Jesus, be with us um, when we succeed. Celebrate with us when we have conversations that are seasoned with salt and grace and love. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Louise, uh, thank you so much for all that you've shared with us. Um, as Louise was speaking, I, I felt quite deeply that there are some of us here who have we've had all kinds of things said to us and said about us. We've had words of criticism and hatred and belittling said over us for a lot of our lives. And since Louise has really helped us to see what that feels like and how damaging it is and that, that drain that we find ourselves rolling down. So I'd really encourage you, if you, if you particularly feel as though there have been seasons in your life where just you've just been the target of criticism and slander and untrue, difficult, nasty things, then that is a thing that you can take to God. And there, are, there will be people tonight in our prayer ministry team who will be able to pray a blessing over you. And that's just it's beautiful because that is exactly the opposite. You know, praying with someone is, is when they pray the blessing and the grace of God over you uh, to begin to undo uh, things that have been said uh, about you.